Hi, my name is Nariba Shepard. And I'm Justin Arnett Graham. And this, this is Terms of Service. Service. Live burr, burr. recording, baby. Yeah. Okay. This There's is like wildly exciting because we're out here, literally out here, and I could not be more excited and ecstatic. Nariba, how are you? Well, up until we started recording, <laughs> I wanted to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Okay, With okay. the anxiety of okay. today. Well, now we're in it. Yeah, so... no, now it feels regular and normal, okay. and I'm excited okay. to have this conversation. Absolutely. I'm excited to be in a new space. Yes. I'm excited to be hanging out with, like, an actual crowd of people. <laughs> yes, yes. Same, same here. Same energy. Same energy. You know, same, same, yet different. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not going to go through the typical things that we do per episode because, like I already said, I'm so damn excited about yeah. this. So let's hop right in then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. As we begin, I just cannot thank our host enough, 16th Street Bar, for hosting this necessary conversation. Yes. I feel like that is a perfect segue to one of our guests. Josh, how are you? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm tired. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm tired. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, you just got here. Yeah, I just, yes. Do you yeah, think I, it's just you who are tired? Oh, oh, I know you're tired. Hold on, hold on. Also, we have, we have two guests, but we're going <laughs> to get into all of it. I promise. I yeah, promise. No, but I'm good. I'm yeah. excited. I'm happy. All Great. these new people here in the bar. Great. Happy to host you all. Yeah. Happy to finally meet you in yes. person. You ain't got the whole intro, so I didn't want to ruin it yet. Okay. But for us, I've been Instagramming, stalking you for a while. Okay. Because I just love seeing black woman and magic. I don't, and you know I don't know if that's a, a, a segue, but it's about to be. It's about to be. Okay, <laughs> for our additional guest. Thank you, thank you. Tia. Come on. Hi, I'm here. Hi, welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm How are you? Honor. Tired, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all are it's tired. Tired Tuesday. Yeah. Tired Tuesday. Tired Tuesday. That is right. So this will not be a hashtag of the episode, <laughs> for those that are wondering. Right. But so for those that are just like, what the hell is going on? We are recording a live recording Again, at 16th Street Bar, and we could not be more ecstatic. So, Tia, as per tradition, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. No, I'm not mysterious. But I am an Aquarius. Okay. Okay. And you know what? We love that. Thank you. We love that. Of course. Nariba, what are your thoughts? Aquarius are just air Virgo, and I'm here for it. That is so disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) That is so disrespectful. Why is it disrespectful? Because I am not as moody as a Virgo. Um, I mean, all I'm saying is the reaction (laughs) to what I said was a mood. (laughs) I'm just gonna put a pin right in there but I don't mean it in a bad way I just mean like (laughs) Aquarii are known to like have a plan and they want to execute it and go all the way through which is 
typically something that Earth signs are really good at doing. That's what I'm saying. Like, your journey is different than an Earth sign, but it's the same energy as Virgos. Do not accept. And okay. You know well, what? that's fair. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to cheers to the fact that uh, it's Aquarius season all, all, all day over here so so there we go i will tell you this <laughs> virgos surround us as aquarius <clears throat> i mean he's a virgo rising yeah josh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> josh I'm, what is your sign after that i'm scared to say what i am <laughs> oh no <laughs> Just because of the normal reaction I get, come, but no, come it's with it. big Gemini energy right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. And a June Gemini, because we don't, the May Geminis is weirdos. Okay. June Geminis are the best. That is a okay. statement. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not against that. Yeah. Yeah, no. No one's against Gemini. Normally, I say I'm a Gemini. Everybody's like, oh, shit. Well, that's because those, they've had a different experience, maybe. I mean, we just us. Like what One, you see is what like you truly get. all you know the mean? time. Like yeah. if you if you don't like hearing the truth, if you don't like loyalty, you're not gonna like Gemini's. Oh, oh, Preach. I mean, facts. You're not indirect. <laughs> so no. uh, where do, where do I go from there? Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I, don't I know. mean, <laughs> we segue into the truths and the facts of the industry. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. And you know we're what, Nobody, that, that, that is exactly what yeah. I was looking for. So, as we're diving into this necessary conversation, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about, but we're really anchored in diversity and inclusion, which can definitely feel like buzz terminology. Uh, because it's a marketable term in regards to what businesses, larger groups, and just overall commitments can look like. Yeah. And before we get into all of that, I would like to hear from our guests, beginning with you, Tia. I mean, like, talk to us about your background. Um, so... I never am fulfilled. Maybe that's an Aquarius energy. I feel that. Feel I'm that. never fulfilled. Yeah. So it's always been hopping around looking for what's next. How do I learn more, grow, do something different? I feel if I ever get comfortable, it's time to leave. Yep. It's time to leave. So that's how I started. And uh, you like a challenge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, same. Hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everyone asks, why are you working so much? And it's not always the need or the struggle. It is, I enjoy the end goal. I enjoy finding something new. I enjoy finding what more can I achieve. Sometimes I just burn myself out to get there. <laughs> so real. Relatable. Yeah. yeah. We're all in this yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're all, yeah. we're all in that camp. Josh. Yo. Yo, talk to me. Man, my back put all started in Willa Coochie Joy. No, I'm just oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But no, my background is it's unorthodox again in this industry. Um, I started off, I was security. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I used to do a lot of security, a lot of nightclubs here. Cactus used to be downtown. Okay. The legendary secrets out in Dalton, Illinois. Okay. Um, and one night I was at Cactus, I got thrown by in the bar. Like, the owner was like, I just need somebody on the back bar. You probably gonna pour 
sodas all night. Nothing major. Just do it. I just need a warm body back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Busiest fucking night I've ever had in my life. Because oh, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. So, like, y'all remember, like, when um, Long Island used to come at 750s pre-batch? Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't care what you ordered. That's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> you want a Henny Coke? No problem. Long Island. Boom. Right. Want a gin and soda? Long Island soda. Yeah. That's all I did. So I pray nobody died of alcohol poisoning that night. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I took that night and I, I said, mean, yo. same. You know what I mean? But I looked that night and was like, yo, I made this amount of money. Yeah. I didn't have to fight. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any altercations. Everything was good. Let me take this serious. I went right. to bartending school the next Monday and now Damn. 17 years later, here we are. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you actually learn anything at bartending school? <laughs> Speed. Yeah. That was it. They taught me 500 recipes I've never made. Absolutely. Yep. Never made Absolutely. those. Absolutely. But it did show me organization and speed. That's what they gave me. I thought about it forever. I thought I needed that to get anywhere yeah. in the industry. And then people are like, you have a good attitude? We got you. See, but so like for me, it was like, Everybody I knew went to bartending. This was the, the opposite. Everybody went to bartending school. Like you gotta do it, you gotta do it. I was like, all right. Three weeks. I was like, this shit is easy. Until I actually had the bartending, I was like, wait, it's a little bit more than I thought. You know what I mean? Right, so right. been rolling from there. So. I get it. I it's wanted like, to when I first started. I mean, it has its pros and cons. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, speed and organization. Like, I got that down pat. Like the first week I was there, and after that, I was like, I'm ready to work. And then everything else has been just trial by fire. My very first bartending shift is very similar to yours. Buffalo Wild Wings. (laughs) B-dubs? Yeah. Which one? I pray I wasn't there. Oh, no, I wasn't there. It's okay. Yeah, I wasn't there. (laughs) It's all right. Okay. Uh, Playoff game. Somebody was too hungover to work. Puking in a uh, garbage. Still trying to serve people drinks. And they're like, Tia, you got this. No, the hell I don't. No, I don't. don't. But you had that first little taste, and you're like, I'm in the weeds, but I can figure out how to manage. And every time you're like up and down on the waves, that's. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay, we gotta worry about them right now. Let me talk (laughs) to you. So, do you feel like that helped your career? learning that way as opposed to a lot of these new social media bartenders that get a lot of opportunities because they have a lot of followers and engagement as opposed to people like us that went through the fire 192 percent absolutely because i I had gonna be friends um i feel like there (laughs) (laughs) there was a point where you had to learn Okay, I messed this up in the blender. Yep. I don't have time to re-blend it. Yep. How many ice cubes do I have to put in here? Yep. Oh, now I have four more on fire? Okay, we're going to add all of this, yep. re-blend it. Yep. I'm put five of them out there. Like, yep. those tips of the trades, I never learned in mm-hmm. a bartending school. That's why I asked if yeah. that taught you anything. Because I just got thrown to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to my second bartending gig, that's when I was like, maybe I don't actually know something. Right. Right. And then you learned, I have the mechanics. I have the decisive thinking to figure yeah. out the things that I don't know. Yeah, same. Same. Similar. Okay, you all come back now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're still here. We're still, we're still here. So the number one thing that I wanted to touch upon, but it feels like it's accelerated now, which I think is great, is 
sustainability. And I'm going to put a quick pin in that because I want to be able to like build it up into that culmination topic, right? And so I wanted to know what drew you both to to the industry, but I feel like we've touched upon it. But if you want to expand expand deeper, definitely feel free. Yeah. Black I think women it, always go first. Uh, oh, you're so sweet. Can you teach them, please? Can yeah. you teach Black them? women oh. have to go first. Yeah. I, um, yes. I think it first started with money. Like everybody. It was quick money, fast money. I worked when I didn't want to. I worked when I had to. And then you get older and your back hurts and your knees hurt. And then you have to find something that fulfills you. And it's back right. to what I said where I had to start learning more because... I can't work till 1 a.m. and then come back to Sunday morning football. Yeah, you got yeah. me messed up. And <laughs> no, you say it right. You got me fucked up. All the way fucked up. I yeah, was like, same. just... Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I'm not built that way anymore. Yeah. So then it was that evolution and change. So when I talked about when I went to my second job, it went from beer really bad mixed cocktails to I had to learn wine service and there was no BSing you can't lie Cabernet versus Pinot Grigio those aren't even in the same world yeah you have to actually know what you're talking about and that's when I was then held accountable in that change so I didn't like you can't lie in that simply for me it was the it was the money but also like I got a little bit of a pass. I used to do some other things in life okay. before I got into this. I'm not no nine to five dude. I'm not sitting behind no desk. That ain't me. So I have my oldest son who's getting ready to be 21, who's in the business now, works with me. And I was like, I got to do something different for him. Got into security and then got into bartending after that. But yeah, I got into security because I was like, I just need a steady floor income. That's not what I was doing. And then from that, transferred over to bartending, found out I loved it. And here we are. I have a question. Sure. Was it, I, I, as you were talking, I then thought about it. I, the second reason why I stayed was the social aspect. Yeah. Because then you kind of find your personality in what you're doing. Like, I yeah. didn't realize how antisocial I come off really? until I was in the well on a Sunday and someone was trying to talk to me in my resting bee phase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we could just call it. As it is for those that don't know what a I smile from is. time to time. Okay, <laughs> beautiful smile. That, that, that but like yeah. they would find me so unapproachable, and I'm like, I have so much to give, but my face then shut it off, and then I wanted to submerge myself with other people because I want to learn how you perceive things, like what you taste this drink as, and what I do are yeah. very different. So that was the secondary moment is like the social aspect so for me it did the opposite right like i was the party dude standing on the tables bottles shirt off i was that guy so it made me kind of take a step back and worry about always always shout the secrets (laughs) anybody that's listening that knows secrets between 2003 and 2006 they definitely know who I am. Oh we go. Statue of limitations is up, but yeah, it was, shit got real out there, man. But it made me take a step back and not worry about my experience. Worry about the guest experience, similar to you. Like I always tell people, like I don't like making cocktails. I create experiences because I want you to come back. And I want you to come back for me, not necessarily what's in the glass. 
but that's also a very unique point of view because hospitality specifically to black and brown people mm-hmm. is packaged and presented in such a way to where it's just like it's fast money it's easy money it's low skill accessibility to money it's a hustle, exactly. it's a hustle. My break the seal? Do it. Yes, go. So when you talk about black and brown people in this instance, me coming up, I had to prove 10 times forward I knew what the hell I was talking yeah. about. Absolutely. Yes. I had to. Yeah. I, yeah. Now I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> same. 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 You think what you want. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. But back then, I had to prove one to the people employing me that I knew what I was doing, and then to the people I was serving mm-hmm. that I knew what I was doing. But I also the people that you're working with, in yeah. a lot of times, those are the people that. You're definitely like, I'm trying to prove that you don't need to be like spending your time paying attention to me. I'm just doing the same shit as you. So have you worked in more like general market places? Because I always worked in the hood. Like my my goal was like as I started learning, I always wanted to stay like in either a black owned spot or like in my neighborhood to bring like USBG and like Manhattan Cocktail Classic and Tales and all that stuff we would go to. I always wanted to come back to my neighborhood to show other people like us that, yo, y'all need to go do this too. You know what I mean? It's different for me. I grew up in the suburbs where no one looked like me. So I had to forge my own. I worked in the industry for 12 years before I had a leader with the same seller can same color skin as I did. My first, and and this will bring you back, the first person of color who was ever my manager was Jarmel Doss. That's my girl. That was the first time I ever had a woman, man, anything as a person of color in my entire working history. So I had to navigate the waters and just prove who I am on so many different levels that you just narrow-minded have to work on your own and make sure whatever you're doing is right. Like, I didn't have that capability. So me taking anything back to my neighborhood, they already had everything. They They took it from me two years ago and know less than me. You are less capable than me. I am fighting for the things that... I can do better than you, but you didn't believe me. Right. Well, it's inherently inside us as black people. Like when we were brought over here, I hate when people be like, oh, well, y'all came to America. We didn't come there. We were brought here. Who said that? Oh, people say it all the time. Uh, and I that, check them every not, chance I, I get. Like, not every chance I get. No, like, you know, no. we were forcibly brought here. Right. We were the bartenders. We right. were the servers. We were right. the chefs. Right. We were the people that. Because hospitality is built it's us. on. Yeah. It's built on it's the us. backs of slavery. All us growing up. Yeah. That's just, Think about it. Yo, I mean, like those, those your house the in the holidays. It's always yeah. people there. For it's sure. people serving. It's people. You yeah. know what I mean? It's hospitality. That's just what we do everywhere we go. So And so really quickly. Because we have been enjoying a beautiful beverage offering crafted by you, Tia. You touched upon your talent, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it right Thank now. You. So can you talk to us about what we're enjoying right now? So every basic who's basic loves pumpkin spice lattes right now. Um, I... <laughs> 
as much as you would think that I like pumpkin pie, any of that. I actually, nope, not even that. I know. I'm sorry. You can disown me. I was going to invite you over for Thanksgiving, but Listen, I, I can still I cook. make a mean sweet potato pie. I'm so like, I can know. still throw down. I mean, you come through though, but I'm just oh. saying. Like, I can make you apple pie. That's cool. I'm with Blackberry pie. Peach cobbler. I can make you peach cobbler. I don't eat it. Sorry. Don't talk off camera. Don't, <laughs> don't disown me. It's too I'm not, soon. I'm not, I will never. It's I will too never soon. disown. First of all, protect black women. I will never disown you. Yes. Also, I'm Jamaican, Jamaican, so I can make a little. Yeah. yeah. So you making um, oxtail for you? Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're coming over again. Color right. tradition. Every January, I make an oxtail and olive stew. We'll talk about it. I got you. So January is yeah. your house. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, <laughs> we can do that. I'll send a calendar invite because yes. that's kind of yes. how I live. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, um, like if it's not on the calendar, go ahead to you. But this cocktail's all the fall spices mixed with, it's going to be 70 degrees this weekend, so <laughs> not ready yet. <laughs> um, I use pear spices, um, chocolate, a little bit of this chai dem that I make. So chai, maple syrup, cooked down, so you're just really getting every baking space possible. Um, just super light, refreshing. I think it brings off the toffee caramel notes to the high rye. And wham bam, you thank you, ma'am. High ride from who? Johnny Walker. I'm sorry. Brand plug. <laughs> Johnny Walker high ride. Johnny Walker high ride. Johnny Walker high ride. Uh, well, this is delicious. delicious. And I do. It's giving me that uh, it's delightful. That is my word of the day. I mean, <laughs> he was trying to play me because I describe things as delightful if they're delightful. But I said the same thing with before you said it. I, he's like, oh, I want to taste it. I'm like, I think it's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is delightful. It's delightful. Yes. I also like the strong citrus coming across. I feel like people assume that citrus is like summer but it comes into full flavor in the winter so that's why i'm like yes give me a good citrus in the winter i feel like i can have four of these and not actually know i had four that might be a challenge that the uh, terms of service crew might be up for this i think this is number three okay i'm not i'm not telling on myself but okay yeah it's I still have Josh's cocktail, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Well, I'm just like Josh is gonna be. Josh is gonna be up next. So I've, I'm really interested in you know talking about awareness, perception, and overall sustainability um, for Black and Brown individuals with within the industry. So. Both of you have kind of carved your own way within hospitality, and that is amazing. So, what has that journey been like, Josh? No, black <laughs> women mean, have to go well, first. I mean, I, I'm trying to keep it balanced. But no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Right, that's Tia, that's the on. balance. She has oh, to go okay. first. Yes, always. yes. I didn't know my path or my journey until I got there. I didn't know until you arrived at your destination. I don't think this is my destination. I love that. I don't know what the destination is until it, I don't know, when I retire. And even if I'm retired, I might be bored. Um, 
I got to this space by the continual efforts of I'm gonna do what nobody else has done before me. There is not a single person, and I'm not gonna. I'm doing it. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. This I'm is the place it. for it. But yeah. I cannot tell you a woman of color who runs any other Michelin star restaurant in Chicago, let alone, I don't know a woman as a person of color who led a Michelin star restaurant to get that star in less than a year. I mean, yeah, not, where's the lie? Yeah. And yeah, where's the line? Yeah. Not to drop the weight, but no, like drop it. Yeah, yeah. Drop the money. I am yeah. so fortunate Heavy. Heavy. to have found a team that lets me be me and sees my vision. Exactly. Because we don't always get that. No. We don't always get people understanding the path that we're on. And then you have to leave. Because you could have loved the bartending job, bar managing, brand rep, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But if they don't support us, why, why are you, you there? there? Exactly. Yeah. So I have a space where they get my vision and we can go on this ride. I respect that. That's beautiful. I think it's hard to know when you're going to find something like that in a place because I've left so many different places because there was not an opportunity for growth if you weren't a white dude with tattoos. I did the job. I was acting upon the job, but you still promoted the other dude after me. Yep. But I did everything. There was a place that I was working at where I was pretty much already doing the prep position and there was an actual opening for it. And I knew that I deserved it based on the fact that I was the only person who could work every single station in the kitchen and they were like oh like this other guy really is interested blah 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 and they like did a skill test and I knew that I got it but they still split the position between the two of us the job I had before this well we'll name the company but Mm -hmm. the job I had before my current I interviewed to be a manager in various places they opened nine times. Oh my God. Do you know how offensive and how insecure it makes you to do the job? Mm -hmm. I'm actively living out the job. The people in-house supported me to do that job, but the people above said, no, you couldn't do it. You don't know how. Well, you don't have so, the, you don't have the resume. You didn't do and the thing. And that's the thing. Yeah. They they don't want to train you. They want to hire someone who can already do it, even if you have all of the things they allegedly want. You already doing all of the things that they expect you to do, and it's like disrespectful, not only to you but to their own brand, like. You don't trust enough in the people that are already here to give them more responsibility to a place they've obviously shown some sort of loyalty to. It's fucking crazy. Well, also that shit is like mad minimizing. 
Yeah. Like, so when I was interviewing to have my current job, um, my executive chef and owner came into my bar to be like, bake me cocktails. I want to see you on person and how you actually interact with people. I was bartending, serving the bar floor, dining room, and training somebody new in an interview. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and the people oh. who were currently employing me said I couldn't do any of that. No. Trash. Wow. Absolute garbage. Wow. Josh. Josh. Yo. I, I should have went first. Yeah, I, I, I told you. I should have went first. <laughs> I told you I got you. You did, you yeah. did. I, I should have listened. Okay. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> You're fine. My bad. Um, now for me, so I'm gonna do. So one of my mentors, Jackie Summers, owner of Sorrel in New York, one of the the only black person to own their own brand right now outright when he first started Sorrel, mm-hmm. told me stop being humble. So I'm gonna do that right now. Okay. I changed the game. Uh, well, I changed I, the industry. I, I legitimately. Oh, I, Change the way that black people are looking at in the industry. When I started Brown and Balanced back in 2017, there wasn't enough representation. When I looked at like the Eater magazines and the top mm-hmm. 50s and all this other bullshit, it doesn't really matter, but it gives people a, a false sense of they're cool and they're better yeah. than everybody else. It's clout. The I list, didn't see yeah. enough people that look like us. And the bars There's I hang out at. There's never enough people that look like us. And the bars I hang out at yeah. look like all of us. You know what I mean? Bartenders are not, and no disrespect to nobody present, but bartenders are not a white boy with a bunch of moose, some, some tattoos, some suspenders, some fucked up shoes, and some tight jeans. That's not a bartender. My bartender's Speak back there. Down. You know what I mean? <laughs> My bartender's <laughs> like, back there. And that's he's got not, a and he's exactly that, he right? Some grills but on. That's, <laughs> not, that's, that's what we saw represented. Right. And I'm like, nah, bartenders like you. Bartenders look like you. They look yeah. like me. They look like you. Like right. everybody, it's a kaleidoscope. Right. So why aren't those people being being showcased? So I took it upon myself just because of my competitive nature and my dad, rest in peace, who told me to always be myself and fuck everybody else. And I said, I'm going to start identifying black and brown talent across the country because eventually we're going to age out. Keep hitting this. Fuck. <laughs> we're going to age out. Like eventually we're going to age out. I don't want to be the 50-year-old guy behind the bar. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the old man behind the bar. There has to be somebody else to take the mantle and keep it going from what we're building. You know what I mean? And that's what I started to do. So that's my thing. Like I, I'm, I'm always gonna find that next crop of bartenders who can take this thing to the next level, next level, next level. That's beautiful. Back to so. I just want to cheers on both of you with that because that's cheers, fire. my brother. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers, love. This so you know this is the first time we've met in person. Oh, I'm picking up on cheers. that. Cheers, mama. <laughs> And with this oh. cheers, who is she? I know the guy who made that. It's, okay, well, you know, uh, let's talk about it <laughs> because this is fire. Absolutely. So my one of my top three go-to drinks is always a Boulevardier. Uh-huh. Um, like, I feel like if you can make that, you can work behind any bar in the in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. So I took a Boulevardier, shout out to Crown Royal and Diageo. Yes. Um, flipped it on its side, added some chili bitters from Hella Bitters, which is a black-owned bitters company. My boy Jamari Pinker owns that. 
and just said, we're going to take a Boulevardier, we're going to add some British to it and see what happens. And this is what we have. Yeah, this is nice. This smooth. You know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So sad. When you interview bartenders, is a Boulevardier the drink that you yes, make them like? Boulevardier, <laughs> Manhattan, Old Fashioned Sidecar. Old Fashioned Aviation Daiquiri Last Word. I don't know why the fuck we haven't met before. I know. I mean, this let's is, do it. Why haven't we? We're hanging out from here on out. That's it. So, I'm and making... Terms of Service is very happy to facilitate this. <laughs> <laughs> We're skipping down the same way your entry yeah. your promo <laughs> picture is. I promise. Yes. We'll tag you. So, <laughs> I'm like doing the opposite. I was back of house and I'm currently transitioning into front of house because the pandemic was crazy. Basically, I had a nervous breakdown and I was like, all right, I got to get this shit back together. But working not in a kitchen, it really helped to show me the lack of um, money I was making in a kitchen because I was executive chefing, paying my line cooks more money than me and working like 90 to 100 hours a week. And uh, I was just helping out a friend last year. Yeah. yeah, and um, last year my friend was like, "I need one more like bartender slash register person, just like at a spot on the Riverwalk." And my first check was for uh, like a third of a week, but it was a two-week period, and it was more money than I was making ninety hours in ninety hours, and I was like, "What the actual fuck?" So I'm now like, I just supervised at the same place this summer and they asked me to go to their new spot. And I was like, okay, but I want to learn cocktail building. And if you can, if you, if there's someone there who wants to teach me, I can learn, but it has to be that thing of like, they're willing to give me that opportunity. But it's like, I feel like if I worked at a Michelin star restaurant without a chef and we kept the Michelin star for the whole year, we had no head chef, just us doing shit. I think that that shows that I have the skill set to maybe like learn and be good at it. But I am terrified because well, also kind of talks into like the overall like red tape within the industry, which is just anchored in bureaucracy, right? Yeah. Because no one, and I don't want to say no one, but just in general, a big part of these conversations that we're you know diving deep on tonight, it's it's very unique because it's all inspired and influenced by the white perspective. Yeah. I was waiting. Yeah, yeah, no, 110. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because white spaces aren't always the right spaces. Yeah. And everybody wants to run to a white space like Look at look look where we are right now. Right, it's exactly. my house. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. And it's popping. It's, it's the shit. Yeah, it's, we don't mirror anything. We yeah. do us. Right. And I think black people in this industry, especially, even if you're in those spaces, we have to always make sure we're us. 
Right. We gotta we gotta stay authentic. We gotta right. be us. Right. We should not have to conform to a white space to be able to get the opportunities. Fuck that. Make your own opportunities. Cause I've I had I'm not gonna say what bars I've interviewed at, but I had a bar tell me I was too big to fit behind the bar. Uh I ain't gonna say, say it on I'm not gonna Now meanwhile, somebody that we all know that I know you know too, it's a white girl that works in the industry, she's bigger than me. And I'm 240, and she's bigger than me. She worked there. I know there. who you're talking about. You know exactly. I know you know who I'm talking yeah. about, too. But I couldn't get a job there. So you know what? Fuck y'all. Right. I go work in my, and I'll do my own thing right. where I'm at. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that validation. Right. I know a lot of us, not necessarily you, not, but a lot of us tend to step and fetch, and they want to be accepted in those circles, and then they forget about our circles. Oh, because I mean that's, that's what disparity. The, 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 well, the, I mean, correct. Like that is what disparity is, but it's also, I mean, it's a big integrity thing Ugh. as well, because that's that's a problem. And you know, when you try to present a problem without a solution, you know, you're just perpetuating the same issue. Yeah. But the reality is that if you don't commit to the community that helped build you that's the biggest problem yep i have an asterisk because the community that brought you up didn't bring me up that's what i that's how i'm feeling because i didn't have that so for me when i talk about persons of color in any instance whether it be from the side of service or the side of being guests. There's two different things. Because the people from your neighborhood coming to my restaurant might not have experienced that. And if they went to the other big names, someone would look at them left and right. Yeah. You have to be able to be given an opportunity to learn, experience, do the things. And I think the biggest part of the conversation on both sides is mentorship. If you don't have something to look forward or someone to say, hey, these oysters like may not be as weird as they look or to try this steak that's not well done. (laughs) Like I worked at a steakhouse and when I would tell people, listen, I'm going to cook this for you just a little under what you're telling me because you don't want a dry steak. You just don't want something that's bloody because yeah. we were taught something different. Whatever. Yeah. But try what I'm saying and let me give you the opportunity to just try it. And because I comfortably guided them, I then mm-hmm. changed the way that yeah. this demographic was okay, well, I'll try medium well. And then I'm like, how about we start at medium? It's easier to bring something up than it is the 45 45 minutes it's going to take to recook a whole porterhouse. Yeah. Like, let me just go low and we go higher. And that just small conversation of, I hear what you're saying, but let's just try my way a little bit is the same thing that you're looking for. On the other side side is, hey, I'm a little bit different, but just try seeing this person is putting the effort, who's trying, willing to learn. You took so much time learning cocktails. Let just give me the chance. But then asterisk, asterisk, fuck giving me a chance. I'm gonna go make my own chance because just systematically, we're not 
that chance not gonna happen. You know, we're in Chicago. Everybody's fighting for the same eight jobs. Five jobs. jobs. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's been like that for the last 15 years. So then at that point, it's like, well, I'm not gonna get it over here. So let me just do what I know how to do best and just go make my own way somewhere else. And, and there lies Tia and Josh. Exactly. <laughs> but then that takes us to now yeah. we're the mentors. Absolutely. Now we, like, two of my mentees are behind the bar tonight. I brought them both up. Both of them. One fresh out of bartending school. One used to come to all my events and say, just teach me how to bartend. And now they're bosses in their own rights. So now we have to, we have that responsibility now. So I can't look to Lynn because she's busy as hell. I can't look to Ardash. I can't look to Charles Jolie and Todd Apple and all these other legends in Chicago. Bridget Albert and Kyle and everybody in Chicago. I can't look to them no more. We got to do it for that next generation. Absolutely. But then how do you balance that, though? Because that's not sustainable because like sustainability in my opinion and you both and Nariba obviously please please chime in here right just here, like, like just, just like you know <laughs> how do we anchor and like base that in facilitating community because I feel I feel like if it comes from the if it comes from the community a lot of that stems right back to how like everyone's like well i have it figured out i have it figured out and like not looking for any sort of guidance or do or am i just seeing that incorrectly i mean i think everybody needs guidance right like i still need guidance i have people that i can reach out to but i think for us it's about being approachable Right. right and being accessible to an extent got to have boundaries but we need to be accessible like i remember when i was trying to meet some of the people i look up to and it felt like oh shit i can i speak to them right can i not yeah i'll tell anybody i'm working on friday night if you got questions come see me there's you know a gentleman I mean? that walked in during cocktail hour i'm not gonna put him out there but I literally just had a moment just seeing him because what he represents in regards to like just doing your your own shit while also being a part of the community is insane to me. And I was like, let me introduce myself. And he's like, oh, do we know one another? I was like, no, but I'm like your biggest fan, you know, <laughs> because of what it means and what it looks like and that is that is something to where I don't think is widely distributed mm-hmm. it's always person to person right and and I think that it should be more widely celebrated I think in our industry people get keys and they get opportunity and they hold it to themselves this is a competitive industry yeah. I get that but I get more satisfaction of seeing somebody else win than I get to seeing myself win. Like, I, the very first bartender ever did a Brown and Balance with me, he's now the Southern California rep for Maison Ferrand. Okay, good. Like, he's L.A., San Diego, all that. That's him now. And when he got the job, the first thing he said was, if I didn't do Brown and Balance, I might not have had this opportunity. Mm-hmm. That right. meant more to me than any personal win that I have because I know I'm affecting change right. moving forward. On that note, can you speak about Brown and Balance for it's those a, it's a that shitty are not? Party. It's a horrible party. You don't want to. Oh go. my god! <laughs> for those that aren't familiar with it, just 
you know, drop the elevator pitch. All right, let me give you that. So I, I'll give you the professional. So Brown and Balance is a community organization that showcases the talents of black and brown bartenders all over the country. So basically what I do is I pull up in the city, just did Atlanta um, three weeks ago, came to Atlanta, picked five of the baddest black women bartenders in the city, um, got a bunch of sponsorship. Won't say who because they're not here presently. Fair. But, yes. you know, Judy. Respect. You know what I mean? yes, um, yes. But, yeah, got sponsorship, and I basically just told them, make cocktails sustainable and showcase what you do best. DJ comes out, black caterer, and we just showcasing black DJs, black caterers, black photographers, all the way down to the young lady who does my it's graphics. black all day. It's black. Yeah. It's some... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something I probably shouldn't say. It's some real nigga shit. Okay, you know what I mean? You can like, say that. It's it's what it is. It's yeah. like it's inviting other people into what we do. It's it's basically taking you from outside of this environment into my backyard on a Sunday in the summer and hang out and have a good time. It's a cookout. That's it. <laughs> but you know what? I I hate calling it a cookout. I did at first. But you know, everybody wants to be invited to the cookout, and, uh, and everybody. Don't everyone need to is be not there. invited to they the cookout. They don't need to be there, so it's a vibe. Yeah. That's what it is. It's okay, vibe. it's a vibe. It's, it's a vibe. vibe. Yeah. Also, I will stand by this with my entire chest. Ain't everybody invited to the cookout? Hell no. Yeah, no, not, not even a little bit. So, I mean, you can get a pass. You nah. know, pe- people can get a pass to come to the t- to the cookout, but. Well, yeah. Funny story. I did DC and. 2018 and it was so funny all the white bartenders and guests that came everybody was in like one little corner by themselves they didn't know what to do and it was uh, like yeah. just have a good time it's outside of what people think we're inclusive everybody yeah. come hang out in our in our spots well this is you the thing like black people can sort of fit in anywhere everywhere, everywhere. and it's not always the case the other way oh, around no. you know what I mean so but that's we because have to, we have to be able to. to. So we have a whites only section now at Brown and Bob. You're a fool. I get one of my homeboys. You're a fool. I get a fool. But that's me. My homeboy. Shout out to my boy Kyle, who lives in Rhode Island, runs a bunch of bars up there. He said, yo, dog, they're all over here. So I'm a, he went and got like a stanchion, and he made it the whites only section all the way in the back. I felt great. But- so back to Am sustainability. Yes. Sustainability. Oh I know, I'm going to get y'all canceled. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, they got to get a taste of what it feels like. Right. I'm, I'm, You're not going to agree with me, too. I'm over Sis. here to the left. Sis. I'm over here. Sis. This is, this, I actually okay, to the so, right. I'm to the right. I don't, I don't so even know my direction. Right. <laughs> it organically so, happened. I didn't plan it. This is the thing. Okay, but so this is how I'm going to sell it to you. So it's the same conversation as... When we talk about like women's rights and equality, and I make the joke of like, well, I think maybe men should have to sit down for 150 years and let us like get our shit back. But that's not making it better, it's just excluding in a different it way. Is. It is. So, right. what. I'm gonna say is like white people don't have to be here but do we need to make it an excluded section? No, it organically happened. <laughs> let me let I me just you, say that we again. We were talking about, about sustainability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, 
probability. Yeah, but so when we cut it, this though, out, yeah. sustainability. No, 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 like black space, like my shit is a, it's a party. It's what we do. And when you're in that space, because we always have to conform to other spaces. Right. So what do we all do? We find each other. Right? Yeah. Think about it. We go to we go to some of our some yeah. of our industry. Or then we like code switch. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. like the code switch, more or we all kind yeah. of find each other. I saw the same thing happen on the opposite side. To where it took me a point to say, no, y'all can come hang out too. You don't have to Stand over here and order vodka sodas by yourself. Y'all can come in, <laughs> drink so, some of this cognac and this brandy. I have a good example of this. You know I mean? Yeah. Okay. No, I come I, from I, a real Jamaican household. Sense. I like Ooh. not kind of sort of like, like Patsy comes yeah. out and then at work she's violent. <laughs> so it, it's real. And I remember bringing friends from school to the holidays and. When they they're like, no is this a real goat? Or like, you just call it goat. <laughs> no, it's curry goat. Yeah. Mm. And I get down. Like yeah. <laughs> Oxtail, pigtail, cow foot, yeah. you name it, we eat it. Exactly. And, and having to explain, okay, so this, they're like, so where does it come from? I'm like, so in the animal, you eat beef. Part of the beef is the oxtail. And they're like, well, I'm like, it's, it's a braised beef shake. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's yeah. having, but that's that same Those relatability and yeah. talking about the people who look like us. You, it, it's on every side. Yeah. It's all worth it. Right. So it's then, like, that's like when we get like chicken and my boyfriend will turn around and I'll be like chewing on the bone. And that's like, the Caribbean level 10 mom in me. And he's just like, what are you doing? And I was like, my people had nothing. And sometimes you have to eat all of it. And he doesn't understand that because he is a white man from Florida. So it's not his fault. Say less. But it's like, that's <laughs> the Haitians sort of- are down there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Haitians are down there. Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, this. I have a. Yes, I'm full of questions. Um, Yes. So you've been talking about we have to mentor the people underneath us, which I'm a hundred percent. I always. Yes. 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 <laughs> I always, Which did, I do. Did yes. you not know it was A B? hosting us. We are literally <laughs> we are literally supporting this episode just by like I, you know, I, I was like, what well, we're filler here at this yeah. point. And I'm here for it. So <laughs> I was like, no we but we vibe it. Because yeah. I like this because we have yeah. the same experience in two yeah. different lenses. Absolutely. So I love this. I don't get this. I don't get to do this much. I don't either. When I talk to my staff every day, I have to tell them, I'm not here to be here forever. Because in this world of COVID and everybody's understaffed, I'm not here to be your boss for the next 50 years. I'm here to teach you something. And wherever you go after this, you're going to say, I'm successful and capable because I work for Tia Barrett. Mm-hmm. And I am capable because I was taught to swim. Yeah, absolutely. And within That's that, beautiful. there's a point that teaching every day 
is damn exhausting. Oh, absolutely. So when I look at my sustainability and how I still function, because one, you don't have a mentor anymore because you're now right here with your mentors. They're no longer that thing that you're trying to grasp. Well, they are they no. Still my mentor, Jarmel Doss, that's my homegirl. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, that no, is like my, mentors, my girl. Right? They're the same. They, yeah. my, they my boys. Like, I just was kicking it with them. They my Correct. homies. But I still look at them because they did something before I did. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's like I still kind of give them that homage and still, like, they're my dogs. Like, we can go hang out. We can kick it. But when I got a question, that's what I'm asking. You know what I mean? So I still look at them in that light, even though they're my homies. In the in the realm of That's, your job, yes, yeah, yeah, job, yeah. but not but personally. personally nah, absolutely, my yeah, my dog. you ain't nothing. Yeah. Uh, you are something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are something. But when we talk back to my bigger, yeah, yeah. so when you talk about the sustainability of what our long term is. When you're just constantly giving, you're constantly mm -hmm. giving, you're trying to create all of this little armies of Tia's and Josh's. What does that mean for us? Because we have now taught not just the people who are underneath us that you can achieve Tia's job, you can achieve Josh's job, you can own a bar, manage a bar, be a brand rep, be whatever you want to be. You can take my job. Yeah. What's the next job? I think we gotta evolve, right? So like, that's where I'm at now. Like, I'm evolving in like, what's next? You know what I mean? So well, also that kind of remind that kind of removes the aspect of gatekeeping, yeah, which is what absolutely. we've all been victims to, right? Absolutely. Because if you're so committed to your community, go what's ahead. gatekeeping? What is gatekeeping? Yeah. So <laughs> to me and Nariba, um, feel free to, yeah. you know. You know, uh, give your thoughts on this as well. Gatekeeping is the educational withholding of equity. So, yeah. therefore, like when you're trying to acquire access to be better at your job, uh, you're trying to ascend in any sort of way, you are constantly blocked because you have been deemed not worthy to yeah. access such information. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Example, I always give this example. Remember when um, Cat Williams was the man? And Cat Williams was doing all the comedy shows everywhere and then they cut him off and then Kevin Hart was the man and then Cat Williams couldn't get any more opportunities? Right. That's gatekeeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not as cool as you might think. I'm, I'm, you are. Fuck you're cool. You are. You're cool. You are. Yeah, no. you are. Yeah, you're Sorry. Cool. yeah. Okay. Gatekeeping. Like like, <laughs> Sorry, I just had to like understand where yeah, we were no, going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think okay, so gatekeeping for me was something that I found happens a lot in fine dining back of the house. Um, so the first thing I did was when I hire people, I look for people who want to learn and are asking a lot of questions and might not move with the certainty that they could, because that means that they're still anxious and there's something that they want to learn. And I like 
working with those people because they're the people that are gonna take my job and I only want to teach people who want to like keep it moving and they're not just trying to like stay still because you can get to that point one day but I don't think you should settle for that in the beginning of any career path that you may be on so for me I wanted to stop the withholding of information good or bad like for example someone asked about being a manager in the same place that I'm at and I was like honestly like you can make more money not supervising and it won't be as stressful instead of being like yep uh uh-huh come on in like you may get an hourly rate that is like a little bit higher but the level of bullshit that you have to deal with that not informing someone I think that's a way of gatekeeping because if you just send them out there to swim and they have none of the floaties no information about like what they'll be doing they're gonna sink and that's another reason I think a lot of people of color especially don't think that they can make it it's because someone withheld important information about something from them and just was like, all right, good luck. Right, because because they don't know how to how to navigate it, and yeah. that's not on them. That's on the onus of the concept, management, ownership above all all else. But but go but ahead. I yeah. I think it goes back even further. Like I went to an all black high school. I was second no third in my graduating class I had a 4.02 GPA but I didn't learn any of the skills that I needed when I went to college on how to study how to stay afloat like I didn't get any of that so because it's a societal thing exactly exactly. and that happens wherever we go it's like the gatekeeping is happening in school and we're just moving through a society that doesn't change that. I think that's a bigger issue, though. Yeah. Just yeah. On yeah. the what is available to Resources. you versus me exactly. Versus you. Because I learned those things, but it definitely was not stressed how important it was. Yeah. Like I remember having the whole how stocks work, taxes, all of that type of stuff, and then like the first two years I was actually having taxes. I was like, I don't have to pay these. This isn't real. And then you find out later, it's real. (laughs) It's real. real. (laughs) And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to hold your check. I was like, my what? Yes. (laughs) They'll go, do. That's the question. Like, I've never worked in like fine dining. What's that like as a black person, black women especially, in like a fine dining? Like, I've never done that. You, I was going to say, do you want like, to start with this? So I can like? start. <laughs> okay. Number one, it's extremely toxic. Um, from start Taxing to fit. or toxic? Both. Oh, but good. toxic is yeah. the first word I use. Uh, uh. Because from start to finish, what it is by definition and what people define as fine dining is cutthroat, 
I'm here to attack the next person. It starts with one and then it goes down. Why I appreciate my current job is that is not the model that we are trying to achieve anymore. I would not... Or or emulate. Or emulate. That's not even an option. Like, we are forging our own path and we are looking to show you, me, and everyone else at the bar that you can have a 15-course tasting menu in your J's. Yes! I wear vans to work (laughs) sometimes and... I still can tell you the difference between Montrachet and Chardonnay and where it comes from in those nuances in my vans. That's not the definition. Because before, it was white tablecloth. I don't use one. It was front server, back server, captain. Only this person can crumb a table. That person polishes the glassware. You had a title, and you were not allowed to do anything more than that. Mm-hmm. I have created a system where it is more than that. Um, most notably, it is the hierarchy because when you're hired to a fine dining, you're just a food runner. And you're not even really just a food runner. It is, you're the person who assists the secondary. Like, you just hand the food runner the plate, but you're not describing anything. Yeah. And then you get promoted to describing something. And then from describing something, you get promoted to crumbing the table, to setting the table, to dropping off wine glasses, to describing the wine, to the captain who just talks doesn't actually do anything and that is the person who gets paid the most is that um i mean the typical structure is that those that are paid the most do the least Least. very much so yeah so in fine dining that's what i learned and i was like but i'm good at a hundred things because back to buffalo wild wings i didn't have a busser i didn't have a runner i had to go take out the garbage because it was a commercial and then i got it to come back and then i had five tickets in the well it was you did everything so now in fine dining when you see that transfer one we don't have people and two you can't just deem someone's worth as a polisher you can't deem someone's worth as you only do this you deem everybody as capable of doing everything and you have to teach and lead and that's i think how my job has forged is because i'm not just a beverage director i am operations i am events I am a host. I am a bartender when my bartender is sick. I am everything. And I don't believe that we have touched upon this. Where are you doing all of those things? Oh, this things. little place called Esme. <laughs> it's casual. No big Just deal. casual. Just casual. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I'm fortunate because... Jenner Tomaska is a white chef. That Let me say correct. it again. He is a male who is white, also who has correct. come from notable places. So everyone already assumes he's got it all because he's a white chef and he's worked at great places. But people forget he's going through his same struggle that we all do. He's opening a new restaurant. He also had a baby in a restaurant in six months. Yeah. So it's the same struggle. 
But I'm fortunate to have this white male say, this black woman gets it and we get it together. And we work together in a way that doesn't exist because we both had to struggle. Devil's advocate, super quick. Yeah. Do you feel the clearance of a white man at such an esteemed establishment has like has influenced your trajectory and i'm only asking for people that are listening so the white male who i work with now his mentor is a black man his mentor That's- is eric williams yep so, oh, <laughs> Eric yeah. Williams calls me at nine o'clock in the morning, like Tia, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I was like, shout like, out to Eric Williams. He absolutely. does the thing, and to Jenner Tomasco. But absolutely. Jenner then learned he can't just walk the streets, but right. he had to walk the streets like we do. He had to walk the streets down forging this way and find Dime Michelin and then saying that's not really what I want to do yeah. I want to create something else so he's going down that same path and what we're doing so many people are like oh well you guys all came from that company and that place you guys already have it all you have the money you have the everything you got a Michelin star but I'm like you don't understand the struggle of not knowing if guests are coming in if people are going to like your food yeah it's February and I'm looking at four people walking into my door like we all go through the same struggle of fine think, dining and I think the burnout is so much harder in fine dining because it's an uphill battle to fit yourself into an ever like encroaching pool and a lot of the time when you get there and you're like at the top of it you're like I don't even want to fucking do this really and so many people have like these passion projects that they throw themselves into because they're trying to regain something that's theirs because fine dining is so modeled on like who can create the next x factor of something who's the best exactly you have to be a narcissist a little bit to work in fine dining. You have to hate yourself a little bit you because you're just grinding yourself into the ground. More and yeah. it takes a long time before you get to a point where you're like, oh shit, I need to take care of myself because you're so focused on getting to the top. Did you watch The Bear? No. Okay. I'd plan on not doing it. It's I just got sick, so I had to do it. I had, I had to do it. I got sick, and there was only one moment. It was, it was good TV. It's fine. But there was one moment that was so real to me, and that was someone deliberately trying to make you fail. In, in the show, someone who was trying to perfect a dish, kept on trying, kept on trying, was persistent, and someone deliberately made them fail. And that yeah. was what defined that fine dining to me. Well, wow. that's... That's why I don't want to watch that show because it's just trauma porn. It is taking all of the things that I had to bystand as a black woman and watch these white chefs do. And I'm just like, I don't need that. I don't need that energy. I don't need actors pretending to know what they're yeah what is happening because they're not getting paid nothing to go through this yeah 
and it's and the people that watch it and really like it are the people that think that the industry is fine the way that it is and it doesn't need to change because I feel like it's baby steps for me going back into the industry because it took so much and gave such little in return in in terms of stability like being able to afford my rent and to also have a social life and to leave space for my relationship it's just being a a woman especially a black woman in the service industry is unforgiving in a way that unless you are a person of color and a woman in this industry you're not going to get it I think that goes back to the sustainability part, yeah. too. Yep. Because yep. At, at some point in time, either you live in that perfection of having to fit this mold and mm-hmm. that mold only, or I have to self-heal, care, make sure I'm okay. Yeah. Well, because there's a ton of damage that this yeah. industry puts on, like, owners, man, and I... Let me preface this as to where it's like I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of uh, forgiveness when it comes to um, owners that um, you know really focus on wage disparity, um, owners that um, focus on being like not even owners but like specifically like managers on this next point yeah it's just like you know you make too much and like thing things like that it's just like you know you're basing that off of the gratuity of strangers and so that is not something that ever comes from your bottom line but you have a preference that people are only worth a certain amount of value which commodifies the industry and so we're getting on time and I hate it so much but I have a few questions for for you both so since we touched on sustainability diversity inclusion and like what that kind of looks like through independent journeys I mean like what do you both enjoy about the industry meeting Josh? people uh I mean, meeting people, one, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I love the money and I love the experience that yeah. I have. Like, mm-hmm. I've been blessed to use my personality and the things I know how to do well to be able to now, I travel the country. Like, I yeah. just got off a plane to come yeah, do this. Yeah. Like, I get to and travel thank the you. country. No, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you to you, But no, you this is dope. Like, I love this. Like, here, yeah. But it's like, I'm blessed that I'm able to travel. I'm able to see other bars and other places. I'm able to see what works, what doesn't work, and I bring it all back here. I'm able to identify a lot of new talent. I love yeah. that. So yeah, that's what I do. I love meeting people. I uh, still I love meeting you. Yeah. <laughs> at my core, at my heart, I started this industry because I was studying sports medicine. And I went to a sports bar because I got to watch ESPN and I got to watch Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. And then I realized, oh, I kind of like these people. I kind of like people I work with and I like the grind. And still now, I don't get to watch TV. But every so often, you connect with a human being and 
my hope, not just work, but as person to person, every person I come across, I want them to take something from me and I want to take something from them. And I still get to do that. That reminds me of the story that I have told numerous times that Nariba is just like, boom, Justin met this person. Boom. But yes, it just it's the same it's the same thing because you're able to connect with people in a way to where you weren't expecting and it I mean it becomes like family like cultural and yeah. family, yeah. you know? But I hate family in the context of, of the industry. Yes. It's hospitality. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like because that is how you start facilitating community and hospitality is that anchor. And I have a question for you both before we do the things that we know that we have to do. Because you boldly said this was going to be seven, no more than 70 minutes, which was a lie. It was a lie. We all CP time. I was supposed to be home by midnight. I, but he says it every time. He says it every time. Just leave space. I would love to hear from you both in regards to any sort of advice that you have for black and brown individuals that are trying to navigate their pathways within the industry. It exists. Whatever you think didn't exist, whatever job, title, um, people are coming up with every sort of whiskey, every flavored vodka, every bitter, every everything. Because do you know why? If it exists in your head, it can exist tangibly and you can create that space for yourself. Yes. I didn't have any example of my job, but it, it exists in me. Yeah. It exists is what I could tell anybody. Find someone who believes in your idea because it just takes one. Fair. It takes one person yeah. to say, hey, good job today. And even if they didn't tell you how to get down the path or how to create it, it takes one person to say, you're doing it, then it exists. Yep. That's it. If it only manifests and a hundred people buy it and it's a flop and you're back at the post office next week, it's still existing. Fair enough. Damn, see, I don't want to go behind that yet. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you playing. But I can't I got to let a black woman go first. I got to, you know. But no, um, for every young bartender, what camera I'm on? This one? You're be, on both. Be authentically yourself. You do not have to bend. You do not have to conform to what a brand, a machine, a bar, anything wants you to be. Like T said, it exists. If it's not working where you're at, be you and go find somewhere else to do it at. I love it. All right, I should have let you go first. No, no, <laughs> you, you know, but it's important, right? Like, it, I won bartender of the year. I had no idea I was going to win it, right? And everybody's like, "Well, what are you wearing?" I was like, "Some Jordans and a T-shirt." I'm wearing Vans. <laughs> I'm Josh. Yeah. yeah, like I'm gonna wear some mics. I had a Depro T-shirt on, and I went up there. I accepted my award. Like, I, you do not have to. There's no certain thing that fits yeah. this industry. This industry. It's like an industry full of misfits. It's like some people who were cool in high school, some people who weren't, who are not cool now because they get a magazine article. You know what I mean? We all know those people. So just be yourself at the end of the day. Like, I respect people that are them. I met you. 
you are who I thought you were. So I like it. Met him. So I think I, we had one conversation. It's exactly who I think he is. We ain't talk much yet, but we're going to talk some more. But just be you, yo. Like, everybody else yeah. is taking. Yeah. So. I agree. I love that. So, how do we find y'all, Tia? You find me in Esme, 2200 North Clark Street. I live, eat, breathe, drink that. And then on, <laughs> on my off days. Anybody want to go on a date with me to her restaurant? Anytime. <laughs> Y'all know how to contact me. <laughs> on my off days, I find that if you invite me, I'll show up. Yes. <laughs> Do you I'm want people to, to find you on that. social media? Oh, oh no. T-E-E dot B-E-E 25. It's a picture of me and my dog. Rest in peace. Aww. 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 I'm be all upbeat after the recipe. No, no you, can, <laughs> you can find me here, at 16th Street Bar, on Friday nights. Um, when I'm done globe trotting, you'll find me on Sundays and Monday nights here. Social media, you can find me at Mr. Mixologist, and you can find me at Brown and Balance. I'd much rather you follow Brown and Balance than you follow me personally, because that's a much bigger and more important movement than just Josh. I love it, Nariba. All right. Um, my name is Nariba Shepard. I'm very grateful for this opportunity we've had to come down here. And first of all, I used to take the bus past this area every single day for like three months very recently and did not like know that 16th Street existed. But I'm ready to like make a day trip, see what this coffee yeah. lounge experience could be. Um, but we you can it. you we can find it. me at um, Rebaru R E B A R U on Instagram and uh, Jock. What are you doing over there? You gonna you gonna pull this in, Justin? Yeah. So wrap it up. Yeah. I am Justin on that gram, and you can find me on Instagram at thisisbiko. And once again, thank you so very much to our guests, Tia Barrett, and also Josh Davis. This has been an absolutely wonderful experience. And for those that really resonate with this conversation, it's just like this is the this is the beginning of of it all because when you bring these issues to light you are shining a necessary microscope on the things that need to change within this, this industry so I commend you all we from the terms of service crew everywhere just I mean I just thank everyone see you at part like, two honestly we'll see you we'll see you we'll see you soon and like i try not to get emotional but i do get emotional because like it's okay to you have know, feelings I black men can show their emotions yeah, no. exactly so exactly let it, let it out so yes but again thank you so very much everyone peace bye bye uh, yes we worked with the setup that we had. It's fine. That could have been like ten hours longer. Yeah, we could have always say because typically people in the past yeah, have been like, yo, I don't know if I can talk for like 75 minutes. I was like, yes, you can. 
It no, should be. No, I could have had like a three hour. Yeah. We, we could have brought. We, we could have like bread and had a meal. No. So part two. Yeah. We can do that. But no. Feel good. Did you get my good light?